We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Hi, Medal of the Week on Sabres Live, and I am feeling uh, significantly unprepared. So, Marty, uh, actually, that's not true. I am overprepared, but late on arrival. So, normally, we have this big behind-the-scenes buildup, and now I feel like I just ran to the on-deck circle, and the guy swung at the first pitch, and now I have to get up. You know, like, I didn't get any any warm-up swings in, and... I don't even know where it's going from here, but I will say this, Marty, it's been an incredibly emotional last two weeks. Um, And I don't know if you feel it too, but if I go like sideways and you're wondering why I'm exhausted and, and (laughs) no, but no, but like, I know, right. So so when when, when I say that, I I can only think of RJ's family right now, you know what I mean? And and I know we're all collectively feeling it because still, no matter where we go, we, we're talking about it, which is perfect and wonderful. And, and in the sense that we're all sharing these great memories and we're still doing it here on MSG with our classic games, which you, you know, dove headlong into last night. I mean, it's just, it's just an incredibly emotional wow. period of time. I'll tell you this. When I drove to the alumni golf tournament Monday morning, I was having a hard time opening my eyes. I'm like, I'm exhausted, right? Mm-hmm. It was um, it was a hard week. It was a tough Sunday, obviously, celebrating RJ, but a great Sunday to see so many alumni at the arena and be able to, and, and co-workers, people behind the scenes, mm-hmm. like camera people and, and uh, you know, on-site, uh, you know, directors and, and all of that, right? It was, it was great to see everybody. We don't usually see them in the summer and, to catch up a little bit, but it's under very tough circumstances. Monday, driving up to the golf tournament, my eyes are like, man, I'm having a hard time opening my eyes. Uh, and if you, like me, drove from, you know, the south uh, south towns to Niagara Falls, you're kind of driving east or northeast, but the sun's in your face, so you're like even more squinting, like, ah, oh, can't see. Like, it's, it's one of those mornings. And last night, I got in bed at like 9.10. I was exhausted. I had a lot of catching up to do. I got to bed at 9, 10. I'm like, oh, I'll watch a little bit of the U.S. Open. But while I got to ESPN on my cable, oh, I passed by MSG and it said classic RJ games. And I stopped and I never left. It was game three of the 06 playoffs against Ottawa. We won the first two games in Ottawa. We come back home for game three. And I was like, truly truly enjoying the game because it's it's 2006 it's 17 years ago but the game has changed so much in 17 games and 17 years i and i was looking at the goalies the way that they moved off the post and the way that they got uh like ray emery was out 10 feet outside of his crease at times facing down shots man did Jim Lawrence ever <laughs> not mince his words when talking about Ray Emery? He's like, uh, 
If you're an Ottawa fans or an Ottawa teammate, you have zero confidence in Ray Emery right now and the Sabres. We were just trying to get pucks on that. But the way the game has changed, I was Alex, Alex Kodalik, like raced out to an icing to beat it and touch the puck. Like, I don't even, it's not even a, 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 a reflex of mine to think when there's an icing that you should get on your horse and try to get to the puck, right? And then after he's exhausted from racing to touch the puck and he missed, he goes for a change. You're allowed to change after an icing. Like there was so many parts of the game that has evolved and evolved for for really, really good. And then there's other parts that I'm like, well, this was fun. Um, mm-hmm. You know, another icing, Talinder goes to touch the puck. Chris Neal has no regards for the puck. All he tries to do is hit Talinder. And it's after the whistle. I'm like, of course it is. Yeah. I'm like, what? Like, and the referee's yelling at Talinder and yelling at um, Novotny. I'm going to take just one in here. Well, if you're going to take one, you're taking Chris Neal. You're not taking anybody else. But anyway, I was really enjoying the game. And the, 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 the classic that is 2006 game three. Is it weird to say that it's a classic in 2006? But no, still. because all the music from that era that was punk or whatever is now classic rock. It's so. classic rock. You're absolutely right. So I was really enjoying it. So I'm in bed at 9.15. I didn't go to bed until about 11.30 because I watched yeah. the whole thing. It ended at 11. And, and then I watched a little bit of tennis. And then I went to bed so late. And now I'm still exhausted. <laughs> well, you're full of energy as always, which I appreciate. Um, brief Sabre news here. Really not a uh, uh, big deal. Um, yes. Noah Oslin's been loaned to, uh, is it Vaxio? Vaxio, yeah, I think that's In the Swedish right. league. Um, yeah. But again, just like it was with, was it Wahlberg the other day? Yeah, Anton Wahlberg, right? Yeah. He got loaned. And it, it, it's, it's paperwork, right? I mean, these players yeah. were not expected to be here this year. It's just transactions. So um, it is what it is. And, of course, you're talking about classic games tonight on MSG as we continue to celebrate the career of Rick Jenneret. Final game at the odd. Yes. Which was incredibly moving for so many people. And we have the 10-game win streak. Yes, at the start of the 07 yes. season. Yeah, the 06 07 season, right? Yep. So um, I remember that, like, where I was stressed. And I'm going back to my uh, career game logs at the start of that season because I think I played two or three games at the I start think it of that season. Three. Uh, in um, total, before the 10th one, you mean? Before the 10th one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I may have played two. I remember playing at Ottawa and at Boston. And mm-hmm. the game at Boston. We ended up uh, winning six to two. And I remember getting in the bus after the game and Lindy was sitting there and I'm like, I was so nervous because now we're getting to six and seven in a row. Right. And I'm thinking, I don't want to be the guy that loses the game that loses the streak. And so that game at Boston was, uh, was a very, very nerve wracking moment for me. Uh, Thankfully we scored six goals. I didn't have to do too much. No. Uh, and you know what? It, it's just, it, I feel like we have done some of these classic games, you know, when we entered into the COVID period yes. and, but not all of them. So I feel like there's a, you know, there, there's definitely, how do you, how do you say it? Like, it's a bit of a refresher on, on, on some of the games that were around the same time period, but not necessarily the same game specifically. And it's all, just to continue hearing as opposed to in sound bites, yep. the more poetic way, if you will, 
of just how RJ called games. You know, it was wonderful to have the RJ Memorial area in front of the arena the last 10 days. And people could come and, you know, pay their respects, leave mementos and cherish with the highlight reel of RJ and all the great, many of the great calls. But it's so different when you indulge in a classic game, because to your point, you hear the banter, the analysis with yes. Jim Lorenz, you know, and it and it really, really does. And- it's 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 totally different than just listening to a highlight reel. Plus, not to mention, by way of natural conversation, it takes you back to different eras and what might be going on elsewhere at the time in the world. The you know thing, what I mean? The, the other so. thing I realized last night is playoff RJ was like <laughs> on high speed like it's like watching a podcast on 10 times sp- fast right it's like playoff rj they were you want chaos you got chaos yeah absolutely but playoff rj like we took in game three last night in the 2006 playoffs at one point in the third period i think it said uh ottawa was oh for five or one for six on the power play like we had taken seven, eight penalties. Ottawa got eight power plays in that game or some sort. And at one point, RJ is like, you know, we're trying to get the puck out of the zone. And and again, one of those, I like, guess, still not out. But it's like the the intensity in the call was from the start to the end was way up there. Way, way, way up there. Uh, and yeah, I just I just felt like that to me was... Like if I wanted a feel good moment to remember RJ, man, those playoff runs and his intensity. And I can just think of people sitting at home watching the games on the edge of their seats five minutes in because RJ brought them there. Not third period where you start laid back in your lazy boy and then third period it's tied and you're on the edge of your seat. No, RJ brought you to the edge of your seat five minutes in with his tone and his intensity. Well, we have teams of the day, multiple, uh, as we have uh, drifted to the letter S um, after yesterday's Pittsburgh-Philadelphia. I was looking for a P word there instantly, and I just couldn't tie it together. So I have an S word for those teams. (laughs) Do you? Because I I didn't do too good against these teams, so I did poop against them and that's the s word well, i was thinking actually, about that was the word i should have used for <laughs> pittsburgh and philadelphia because of the, yeah the, we, we went through the pittsburgh and philly poop yesterday but uh <laughs> so i i wanted to do the quad city mallards but they've yet to elevate to the uh, nhl status and there is no our team other than of course our beloved rochester americans which we talk yes. about extensively so we jumped to s so today we're doing san jose seattle and St. Louis in our teams of the day. Now, Marty. Yes. And by the way, quick promo, Shana Goldman. Oh, yes. Shana yeah. Goldman on the show tomorrow will be diving in um, significantly deeper on not only our regular NHL stuff, but huge news for women's hockey yesterday and the all the official announcements that came with it. And where does that league go in its first season yes. in six markets with expanded everything right like this is a huge 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 opportunity and honestly i sit here my biggest question is how much is the nhl truly going to be involved in supporting promoting and eventually collaborating with and really helping it go to the next level 
well, the WNBA has. Shana will talk about that. Right. But and I'm really from, interested, and in, I can't wait to do that. Honestly. From everything I'm reading, funny enough, I don't think the NHL is being very much involved right now because the league itself mm-hmm. wants to put the, the, the foundation, their own foundation, before they would get the NHL to say, hey, let's – Let's work it together. They want to set it the right way mm-hmm. uh, and on the right road. So that's why all six teams are team owned and operate. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're league owned and operated. Like that's, they want to say, hey, let's set the foundation and then let's move forward. That to me is, uh, is, uh, I don't want to say unique way to do it, but they tried some other ways in the past and it didn't work well. So they're going to, they're going to really, really try to put the foundation the right way. But, yeah, we'll talk to Shana because I'm reading more and more about this. Like, this is going to be quick. We are in August, right? There's going to be a draft. There's going to be, well, yeah, there's going to be a free agent. Let's just say this. We're in September. <laughs> there's going to be free agency. There's going to be a draft. There's going to be training camp. There's going to be a season. There's like, it's going to be quick for the, uh, the new women's hockey league that uh, is going to see light a little later this year. Sorry to look away. I was just lo- looking off in the distance thinking it's more like early October, uh, potentially the, the way, feels the, like the, the, way it, yes. the, the, the way the day is feeling, but yeah, you get the point. Okay. San Jose is first up in our teams of the day. The Sabres 29, 12 and six all time against the Sharks with an incredible and dare I say unprecedented record of 23 and one all time at home against the Sharks. Like wow. absolutely ridiculous. And there are so many moments within the Buffalo. And I don't know how for a Western conference team that kind of got lost. And especially in those years where you didn't have yeah. the balanced schedule, like there were, t- you, you just go long periods of time without San Jose being even in the conversation on an annual yeah. basis. Right. But they were always good. Sabres were good for a long time in that window as well from when the Sharks came into the league in the early 90s. But I'm telling you, I cannot think of Buffalo and San Jose without thinking about the Ralston Caterpillar. (laughs) That is one of the original Sabres meme, probably. That yes. uh, defensive zone coverage where everybody follow follow the leader, 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 follow the leader. But it wasn't actually (laughs) the case. So it is the classic example of the picture not telling the story yes the the middle saber amidst the three of them that are chasing one san jose player while vacating the front of the net and leaving two (laughs) sharks on the doorstep of ryan miller the middle saber is actually going in a sharp turn and is cutting towards the middle of the net he's not in a like four-man bobsled configuration here (laughs) minus one um you know so it (laughs) But the best part of it was, as ridiculous as it looked, and you are so spot on with it being one of the early memes in Sabres history, the Sabres won that game. <laughs> they, they won the game 5-4 in a shootout. This was, um, what was the date again? Why did I? It's 2013. It was, it was uh, November 5th, yeah. 2013. It was a back and forth affair. Angry Larry got in a fight with Tyler Kennedy. <laughs> it was Ryan Miller versus Anti Niemi. And in the end, it was oh, a man, Buffalo man. 5-4 shootout win. The shots were 51 for San Jose to 36 as Miller and Niemi battled. And the Ralston thing happens. Buffalo was up. They squander the lead. Yada, yada, yada. But I... I <laughs> 
Marty, what I will never forget is after the game was done and we were flying from San Jose to LA, we were not in a typical charter plane. It was more just your standard plane. So yeah. the seating chart was a little bit more sit wherever, if you will. So the non-players are in the front of the plane at this point, but just kind of scattered. And the players are very close, just a couple of rows behind and then occupying the rest of the plane. Yeah. Well, it was very obvious to anyone on the plane when the players started finding out about the Ralston Caterpillar. Oh, no. <laughs> so the chirps and, hey, Milzy, how about that defense? You know? Oh, no. <laughs> and it was so good. But it was because they won. And the wins had been few and far between. And they would lose the next two games. And Ron Ralston would be dismissed yes. after that because they were 3-15-1 and one after those last two losses. But that win ended up being Ron's final one as a member of the Sabres, which what do you is... remember most about Ron Rolston? Well, the gloves, obviously. The gloves, yeah. The gardening gloves. He worked gloves, like but... the gardening gloves at practice, yeah. and that was yeah. the thing. But um... Cody Hodson had the shootout winner that night. Ryan Miller, who would be traded later in the year, picking up the shootout win. I think you knew this, but at the time of Miller's trade to St. Louis, February 28th, 2014, he was the NHL leader in shootout yes. wins. He was at 49. The King was at 48. Mm -hmm. Now, all time, Fleury is at 64, Lundqvist at 61, Miller at 60. But yep. yeah, it was just kind of fitting. You know, you're sitting there looking at this going, yep, this is Ryan just pulling out games against San Jose. I, and, I look at the highlights we just showed. It wasn't just the Rolson Caterpillar. The rest of the defensive zone coverage was about as porous and as holy as Swiss cheese. I am telling you, Milsey was diving left and right that whole game trying to make uh, something good out of it. Um, and, it, and it needed a shootout win, right, to, to actually get there. But um, this is the year, a, a month maybe or a few weeks before that, I retired after my game. <laughs> well, it wasn't my game in San Jose that, that led me to retire, but it was my second last game against the San Jose Sharks. And actually, the St. Louis Blues, we were, we we're going to talk in a little bit, were my last NHL game, wow. which I did Big not finish. <laughs> I, I did not finish my last game as a Sabre because it was in Ottawa, I got pulled, and I did not finish my last game in the NHL because it was in St. Louis I got pulled but the San Jose one was probably my most notorious famous game as Tomas Hurdle decided to score four goals that day he had two against Lundqvist I came in relief he had two against me and this famous between the leg goal which uh, was the Marek, uh, Marek Malik goal uh, originally, the Rangers shootout against Olaf Kozig. Uh, but in a game, in the real-time action, Hurdle comes in, puts it between his legs, goes over my blocker. I'm in the back of the net. I'm literally like, it would have hit me. It would have been a goal because I was like below the goal line on that one or almost. But uh, that's probably... So we went to Anaheim the next day, Duffer. Mm -hmm. Dwayne Rollison was the goalie coach for the Anaheim Ducks. And I'm on sitting on the bench waiting for the morning skate. And Roly comes over to me. He goes, hey, kid, you went viral. <laughs> because two days later, it was over a million views on YouTube of the hurdle wow. goal. So, yeah. That's so a lot I back got, then. It was a lot. So I went viral because of Tomas Hurdle and that game in San Jose. Um, What do they say about payback? Don't say it's it. A, it's a it's a B word. But seeing when you mentioned Merrick Malik, like 
it's the Rangers, right? Yeah. And then it came back on them, you know, like everybody, it's just, it's just funny how it goes, you know, because like it, Malik's was in the first year of the shootout. Yeah. Right. And it became this iconic moment. Was it round 13 or round 14 or something like that? Yeah. Maybe even 15, but anyway, so yeah. And then years later, it's uh, a goal against the Rangers that became a talking point. And of course, the purists, of course, didn't love it because it was hot dogging or something. It's like, oh my gosh, it's finding a way to put the puck in the net. Like, calm and it's down, part people. of the game now. It's giving yeah. yourself a better angle to a, a goalie that followed you on the back end. You turn it around, the goalie can recover if you mm. execute it well. Matthew Kachuk did it on a two-on-one on a rebound. The puck came in, he came back, he couldn't get to it. Boom. On the side of the net, you can't jam the goalie with the puck. You go through your legs, you open up a new angle. That's mm. the way. And also... I have to give myself props here. I was a lot more gracious to the actual goal than Olaf Kolzig. Only the goalie was when Merrick Malik scored. Yeah. Kolzig apparently got back to the locker room at MSG, the visitor's locker room, mm. and proceeded to basically break his stick and throw everything everywhere and dump the garbage out, yelling, I'm going to be on every highlights for the next 10 years, and this is a embarrassing, and he was so <laughs> mad. No, I just went to my locker, and I said, well... I think that's probably going to be it for me. I think I've given everything I got to this game and it's going to be the end of it. And then later in the year, I signed a stick for Tomas Hurdle and he took it back no to, to Czech Republic. Yeah, because oh, I was working a game at MSG with the Rangers and San Jose came in town and their trainer asked if I had an extra stick and the Rangers still had my stick. So I signed a stick and then he took it back home and probably has it in the basement. Oh, San Jose, home to many memories uh, for you personally and for Buffalo and their franchise history. My one we unfortunately don't have footage of was a Saturday afternoon win a year after the Ralston Caterpillar. Uh, Sabres won two to one. I believe it was the game where Sam Reinhardt got his first point. He was in the nine game window, then went back to junior. Um, Michael Neuvirth was the star that day. Uh, Sabres route shot 30 to 15. And it was a rare time where we had a studio on the road where the player came in and sat down next to me, kind of like an MSG hockey night in Canada type, you know, so Neuver's not the most talkative guy, but anyway, whatever, it's probably cliche. And as I'm wrapping up the interview, I'm like trying to say, thank you for your time, Michael. Well, he has already decided to vacate his chair. So I'm left hanging and I'm like halfway chasing him out of the frame <laughs> with the stick mic. <laughs> Just like, hey, thanks for the interview. And the other takeaway from that. It would have was, been great if you had given him the fist bump and then you would have pulled the Kuznetsov I like, never double fist bump. Yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. And the other thing that's behind the scenes is that people, this is the challenge of broadcasting in today's world. Yes. Fans at home often, most often, have bigger monitors with more clarity oh, yeah. than what an analyst is working with on site. Yes. So when the analyst turns to go to a replay, he's often looking at a screen that might be smaller than a laptop screen, right? And sometimes these things are not great at all. <laughs> and We had this monitor in our studio in San Jose. It looked different than ever. No, it was actually bigger, but it was useless, right? And it was like a monitor that I'd never seen before. And Brad May started, you know, 
kind of complaining about it to our on-site technical crew. Tech, yeah. <laughs> and one of them says, it's a $5,000 monitor. And Brad goes, it's a waste of bleeping money. <laughs> 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 oh man and it was yeah. just so brad it was like this thing's a piece of crap like i don't yeah. care what it is i don't care how much it costs it doesn't make sense it doesn't work and it's a waste of time and waste of money oh, so my gosh. yeah oh, but then quickly, years later oh god no, we get no get into our hockey fights cancer night that was hockey a fights cancer was a huge game against san jose it was actually our 10 game winning streak mm-hmm. uh and jeff skinner ends up scoring in overtime where he kind of got the puck and walked around Martin Jones. And that was the night. And it was, wow, what a, what an emotional night that was. Uh, and, and what a time, I believe at that moment, the Sabres were first in the national hockey league. Now it did not work out well for the Buffalo Sabres, but that was a uh, pretty incredible night to one of the best night of the year as hockey fights cancer because of the emotion and the personal touch to it. But the fact that the Sabres won in OT that game, nobody had left their seat. They stayed for minutes, minutes and minutes after wanting to congratulate and cheer on the team. It was a a pretty significant moment in that season that unfortunately took a nosedive after. It did, but the um, talking points and emotion from that night lasted um, for months, quite frankly. Um, I'll never forget running into people that were just so glad they were in attendance. They felt so connected to the team and therefore the cause on that particular night because they were getting emotionally invested in the Sabres once again with that 10-game winning streak. And that's the kind of stuff that we feel now again, right? It's the investment, the connection. And I'll tell you, if you're talking about that and talking about San Jose, one of the hardest games this group of Sabres, any group of Sabres, has ever had to play at home was February 13th, 2009. Mm -hmm. And it was hours after Flight 3407 had crashed in Clarence Center. And... You know, we've been through this and we will always go through it, especially, you know, as the anniversary comes up every year. But San Jose just happened to be the opponent that night. And San Jose, after falling behind 3 nothing early, did not make it easy on the Sabres and just went out and played the way you have to play this game. And the Sabres had to rally with one of the most dramatic tying goals in regular season history. Reve's blast from the point somehow tipped in by Pominville. And, you know... From, I don't want to say they that they weren't close to losing after that because overtime is always filled with chaotic chances. But you know, eventually the team, as you know, found a way to win it in a shootout in one of the most memorable nights I ever experienced as a, as a fan standing there in the building. It gives me chills, like it does everybody, to think back to that particular night. I remember I was with the Philadelphia Flyers at the time and uh, I talked to a bunch of guys. I talked to Patty Laleem, who was the backup to Ryan Miller that year. And Patty was a good friend of mine. And I'm like, how are you guys doing? And and he's like, I don't know how that's going to be tonight. Like, I remember talking to him the day of. And, uh, and then I talked to a bunch of the guys after that. And I was like, you have no idea the amount of text messages and phone calls I'm getting from people I know in Buffalo and how amazing this night was for the fan base, for the community, what you guys did, the respect that you sh- the, the the team showed before the game. Um, and and it just again, it connected the 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 team with the community. 
at that moment. And like so many other times before, like we've seen now in the last couple of years. And um, I, I, I watched it and I was in tears after the game or close to because it was it was so emotional. Yeah, I was just reading Lindy Ruff's post-game comments from that night, and he just, he was at a loss, and he was, but it was also typical Lindy. It was out of respect that he felt there was no reason to go into great detail about yeah. the game. He simply said, we did a lot of really good things out there for the right reasons, and I'm going to leave it at that. And you know, as we sit here and, and show you highlights from it again on MSG, isn't it amazing? We just talked about this the other day with Ryan Miller and the game. I mean, where Drury got wiped out and you win in a shootout. Yeah. So many of these Ryan Miller regular season moments are shootout wins. And his, I mean, nothing will ever top that Ottawa one where he just drops the puck and bats it out. Yeah. And with such flair and confidence and and being a saber and that's what ryan was so proud like you know people can be pro shootout or you know anti shootout but like ryan's job was to win the game and man he was so good in that discipline and i love that you you mentioned uh, miller lundquist Mm -hmm. flurry Mm -hmm. i mean take away the shootout those goalies are still top goalies in the nhl but they Winners find a way to winners stand win, out. Man. Winners yeah. win. Winners win and winners find a way to stand out. And those three are one of the all-time best shootout goaltenders. And there's a reason why they're there. Number one, they played a lot of games. Number one, they played a lot of tight games. But number two, <laughs> they wanted to win regardless of the situation. And that that win against San Jose, then the win against San Jose, uh, on Hockey Fights Cancer. Like, those are two of the most emotional wins that the Sabres have had probably over the last 15 years. Yeah, no question about that. And didn't you find it interesting when we had Pierre Turgeon on the other day, his thought process of if he had been oh, a in, a, guy. in the era where he was a real shootout guy? Man, I loved hearing that. It was like, I don't worry about failing. I, I, I want to do it every time. And if I fail, I want the next chance. I like how know? he says with a broken French, he goes, if I got puck in the slot, I look high blocker and I know I'm going to score. I know I'm going to hit the post and in and score. And yeah. if I miss next time, I know I'm going to score. Yeah. Like I always know I'm going to score. I never miss. I never miss from that spot. That's what he yeah. said. It was so good. Yeah. What a great conversation that was. And we, of course, he would play in St. Louis as well and have some pretty good times there. We'll talk Seattle and St. Louis as we continue our teams of the day. There's a little Maple Leaf news as well. And uh, what is today? What's our Wednesday? Why am I blanking on this? I knew I'd Wednesday go sideways at one point. Fill in the blank. Is it? Is it fill in the blank? There I don't you go. know. I just that's lost my exactly down. why I was blanking on it. We're back after yeah. this on Sabers Live. <laughs> we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. 
fill in the blanks still to come here on Sabres Live, and uh, we will do so with an emphasis on potential rule changes in hockey moving forward. Two critical dates on the Sabres schedule this year as we continue our teams of the day. January 9th at home, March 18th on the road. These are the next two chances for the Sabres to get their first ever win against the Seattle Kraken. Will it happen this season, Marty? Yes. Oh, thank goodness. Well, I mean, (laughs) seriously, now at some point, like... I want to be careful because, like, if we start talking about, well, the last time the Sabres have beaten the Seattle Kraken, which is never, and we go year after year after year doing that, it's not going to look good for us, Duffer. We may get suspended uh, if we keep bringing that up. So uh, they better win, and they better get a, like, you got to get four points. Like, at the end of the year, last year, you get a win against Seattle, you're in the playoffs, right? And I'm not saying Seattle was a bad team. They're a playoff team, but excellent get one of those wins. Yeah, they were really good last year. They were a terrific story. Uh, upstaged only, if you will, by uh, their most recent expansion, uh, you know, entry, Vegas. which is the Vegas Golden Knights, who are yes. Stanley Cup champions. 0-4 is Buffalo all-time against Seattle. And there you have it. One of our teams of the day. Great history. The Kraken and the Sabres. On to St. Louis, a much more longstanding <laughs> rival in the sense of... The Blues coming in in 67-68 and the Sabres coming in in 70-71. This has not been a pleasant matchup over the course of time. Um, Buffalo is just 50, 59, and 17. The more troublesome note is on the road. (laughs) Buffalo is just 16, 35, and 11. That ranks as one of their worst road performances historically against any franchise and they are just one seven and two in st lou the last 14 years but the best news that one just happened this year in one of the most beautiful jersey matchups of all time as the sabers went into st louis defeated them in their gold and blue unis and oh my goodness what a night owen power scored for the second straight game tage thompson had three points and the sabers won their fourth in a row as they were rolling at that point in time and finally got the blues monkey off their back yeah so um i don't recall a ton about the st louis blues other than the fact like i said to you it was my last ever nhl game i started did not finish with the new york rangers and then i said i'm done i'm retiring i do remember a game Duffer in 2000, right? So 99-2000 was my first full season. Then I held out. Uh, missed training camp, missed the first month of the season or so. And then I signed, played a game in Rochester. And then my first game in 2000 was on November 18th. It was in St. Louis. And I came in and I'm like, I am going to show everybody what I got. Well, we lost that game. I made 35 saves on 38 shots. And I remember one of them was a bad dump in that went off of the stupid partition in St. Louis that used to stick out all the time. It came back to the middle of the ice and I'm buying the net when they put a, a, a puck into the net. Um, I do remember you and I working a Sabres game. I filled in for Brad May one day when I wasn't like full time with you. And we're in St. Louis and we're up in this in the 300 level on oh, our no. little like intermission time. First mm-hmm. of all, I met the emergency backup goaltender. Remember, he was yeah. sitting like three rows in front of us, talked to him for a little bit. And then the guy right in front of us decided to get really, really drunk. And in the second intermission, we we're talking about the game and he got up and started doing some 
pretty uh, significant gestures. Lew- lewd hand gestures. Is lewd that, hand is that gestures. Uh, I didn't even know what was going on. I was so into you and talking about the whole thing. He was between the two of us, behind us, and and the graphics actually saved the whole look. Um, I went through Twitter today because I know I put it on Twitter years ago, but it wouldn't allow me to go back that far in mm. my timeline to find it again so I could post it. Uh, and then that night, we ended up at a couple of blues uh, location and got some late night food at the casino where we stayed at. And it was... Uh, that was one of my best trips to St. Louis because I never had a lot of success there. <laughs> that was Jordan and Al and you and me and late night food at the casino. Yeah, I want to yeah. say about 4, 4.30, maybe. four. It, it was about as late as I've ever had late night food in St. Louis. <laughs> well, we had a traumatic weather experience in St. Louis one time where we had the tornado warnings in the morning at the hotel Ooh. and had to get to the basement of the hotel. And then that night while the game was going on, there were warnings again. And we were leaving out of a small airport in St. Louis, and there was a power failure at the airport. So we sat on the runway in the plane for hours and hours and hours before heading to oh. Detroit. And we didn't get to Detroit. This was the craziest thing ever. We we got into the hotel in Detroit after 4 a.m. And when you check in with these, you know, teams, um, you know, the hotel lays out your room keys um, on a couple of large tables yes. so people can efficiently check in with the team, get the room key and, and off you go. What was incredible was that at four 30 in the morning, there was another table of keys waiting for the Baltimore Orioles okay. who had not yet arrived. And they had a one o'clock game against the tigers that day. What? Yeah. It Where was early they... season, April. Wow. So, and they were coming from bad weather wherever they were. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is the reality that people can't fathom. Don't think about, you know, when you sit there and just arbitrate, you know, oh my gosh, this team's terrible today, or this guy looks off, or this person looks off. You know what I mean? Like, wow. what do you expect? <laughs> what could you possibly expect from an there's, athlete at this point in time? There's no. another reality of what happens on the road is after the 0506 season, Jay McKee signs with the St. Louis Blues. Our first trip to St. Louis after that, the next year, we go to the practice rink and we're late. And Lindy is mad. And he's like, 20 minutes on the ice, everybody, 20 minutes. And I'm like, it's going to take me 30 minutes if I shut up and just get dressed. I can't get dressed in 20 minutes, but I'll give it my best, right? I get to my stall. My equipment is in one big ball and it's taped all around. Oh, Jay no. McKee got to our locker room before we got there and he put my pads at two like bookends and he put my pants, my chest and arm, my gloves, my skates, everything in between. And he wrapped it around with taped and now it's in a ball and it's right there. And I'm like, it's going to take me 15 minutes just to undo this. And I got, I'm going to have five minutes to get dressed. I got on the ice. I kid you not 10, 15 minutes late. Lindy was not amused, not amused, but I, I can't go out and say, it's not my fault. It's Jay McKee's fault. And so I just shut up, went to the, to the net and took about like so many shots that day. I stayed an oh hour extra. God. It was not fun. I was exhausted well, like I am today. But we mentioned, <laughs> mentioned Ryan Miller earlier. I can't not think of St. Louis when I, you know, I can't think oh, of yeah. I, like, to me, they're forever connected because of the last game where Ryan didn't play and the buzz in the building and who was going to play and who was going to back up, which turned out to be Ryan Vince. Ryan Vince. got the win, right? 
And then you know, I was in the was, building and I was getting phone calls. I was against San you? Jose, ironically yes, enough. I was there. I was, I was in the building. And, 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 and so was my family. And I remember Leilan sending a picture. So people didn't know a hundred percent. My kids were really young. Right. Yeah. And obviously the kids were big Ryan Miller fans, probably big Steve Ott fans too, quite frankly. Yeah. But I remember getting a picture texted to me of Izzy and I can't find it for the life of me. Otherwise I would embarrass her and put it on the air. If you've ever seen me with a sour look on my face, <laughs> think of it in mini me form when she found out that Ryan Miller was traded and she's just sitting there like, <laughs> like this like arms the crossed and a pouty face. face. Oh my gosh. And it was heartbreaking for them. And obviously it was for so many fans, but I think of Miller and I think of Ott and I think of Steve Ott and Mike Weber now. Yeah. being with the St. Louis blues and running into Mike, um, at RJ's, uh, you know, yeah. ceremony the other night, Holy cow. Does he look good? Huh? Like he's in such tremendous, tremendous. Okay. So shape. let's do a, like at some point, maybe next week, we'll do a top 10 list of the best conditioned retired hockey player, oh. uh, Sabres hockey player. And I think Mike Weber and James Patrick are going to be at the top of the list. And then I was James that, Patrick, 60 years old. Are you Michael kidding me? Pekka is going to be on the list because Pex was there and he looked fantastic. Like, I think yeah. we're going to have a list of, of guys and I will not figure me, Rob Ray and Eric Bolton would not be on that list. Well, a few more St. Louis. Sorry, Bolts. <laughs> see i was trying to gloss that over so people didn't dwell on uh on your reference to eric bolton there um a couple other st louis things one of the most special um veterans uh day games i've ever witnessed and you know ken hitchcock and his love for history and he was the coach of the blues and they had actually um invited this veteran to be with them probably for a day or two before this game he was in yeah. his 90s and when the Blues lined up for the national anthem, this was in St. Louis, obviously. Um, you know, they're all they're all at the blue line. And David Backus, who was captain at the time, vacates his position on the blue line, goes down to the Zamboni entrance, and gets behind this veteran in his wheelchair and wheels him out to the blue line mm -hmm. to be next to them for the anthem. And it was just like i mean what a what an incredible recognition and tribute and all of it and thank you know it was just it was it was so touching that david would do that in that moment and it did not feel scripted like it just felt like the most spontaneous thing you've ever seen someone do so i always think about that and because you were so young you would i you actually weren't even born the only time Buffalo and St. Louis met in the Stanley Cup playoffs. <clears throat> Buffalo had just been to the cup final year before. They were a top four team in the NHL in the regular season. They were facing a team that they were 33 points ahead of in the regular season in the St. Louis Blues. Best of three. They lose game one in St. Louis, five to two. Now they have the next two at home should they need them. The Sabres outshot the Blues in game two, 57 to 16, yet still needed an overtime goal from Danny Gare to extend the series. And then on the very next night, if you can imagine this, like back-to-back -back nights, home playoff games, 
again for a third straight game. They outshoot the Blues. Don Luce scores the overtime winner. I saw a video of it this morning. Just this crazy spin around wind up slap shot from the hash marks. And Buffalo advanced around, well, I guess whatever round you want to call it, second round, but after the yeah. little best of three. And unfortunately, there for the first time. <laughs> and uh, um, I guess an omen or a precursor of things to come. <laughs> They would lose to the Islanders in the next round. Yeah, we <laughs> the, talked about that. The, when the team that they those. simply couldn't. And the Islanders, of course, would. Oh, my gosh. You want to talk. As, like If you're ever talking about teams that are overcoming adversity. Um, I mean, the Islanders went to the semifinals like three or four times before they ever finally broke through. So anyway. The goalie for the Blues that year? Stanowski. Ed Stanowski. Stanowski. Yeah, Ed Stanowski. Yeah. Yeah. And Jerry Desjardins played the, yes. went the distance for the most part for the Sabres got pulled there in game one. Back with Ed Stanowski the- from Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. Love it. And we are back <laughs> after this with Phil on the blank here on Sabres Live. We're back with more of Sabres Live presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. New rules in the Champions League. A team will remain shorthanded even if the opposing team scores a goal. A minor penalty will be served even if a goal is scored while a delayed penalty is pending. And if a shorthanded team scores, the minor penalty against them will end. Blank is the new rule from the Champions League, Marty, that the NHL should try. That if you are on a delayed penalty and you score, you still have the power play. I, I don't see the reason why a delayed penalty should negate the penalty itself. I don't want the shorthanded situation to keep going if you score or the other one. But yeah, if you have a arm up in the air, it's still a penalty regardless of the outcome. I love the bonus of being a shorthanded team, scoring a goal and negating the penalty. I think that's <laughs> awesome. And I know this will be awesome. A banner for Banditland premiering at seven tonight on Buffalo Bandits YouTube. See you tomorrow. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.